The best fried chicken in Texas. Rody's Country Fried Chicken. Texas born, Texas raised. A chicken joint with 35 years of service to our community. Thanks to our loyal customers and social media followers. Come try the best gizzards in Texas, the best tenders in Texas, and the best chicken in Texas. Call us at 830-773-9189. 830-773-9189. Don't forget, we have curbside service and delivery by DoorDash. Or find us on Facebook, Rodie's Chicken. R-O-D-E-E-S Chicken. Like us on Facebook. Like us on Facebook. The best fried chicken in Texas. Rodie's Country, Country Fried, fried Chicken. chicken. the amorphous fanatics amorphous uh the death metal band from finland a-m-o-r-p-h-i-s amorphous hail from the country of finland and uh, we have a guest from their band by the name of essa holopainen and i hope i'm pronouncing that correctly uh essa spends time with us and talks about his uh new project uh project by the name of silver lake and uh, they got a video out there, a music video and a single, of course, by the name of Storm, which features uh, the band Nordman's Hakan Hemlin on vocals, if I'm pronouncing that right, Hakan Hemlin on vocals. And it's the self-titled debut album uh, featuring a bunch of guests, a bunch of uh, real badass singers, for sure. But this video, this uh, single, features Nordman's Hakan Hemlin which sounds badass. If you guys haven't heard it, let's check out Storm, the song Storm, by Issa's new side project band, Silver Lake. Here it is, guys. Enjoy Silver Lake, Storm. I stand on the shore, praying under the sky, telling me
Wasn't that some badass, badass shit? Good shit for sure, man. Silver Lake, you guys should pick it up. Uh, it should be on sale May 28th. Nuclear Blast Records for sure. And uh, we spent time with Essa speaking about different things, uh, past, present, and future, Amorphous, and of course, Silver Lake. And why he chose and how he chose all these different vocalists to uh, be a part of this uh, record, you know. Uh, Silver Lake. So, guys, check it out, man. Here is our interview with Mr. Issa Holopainen. Here he goes. Enjoy. New project, uh, Silver Lake. Uh, new single, uh, Storm. Nine tracks uh, that I have not heard. I've, heard. I've only heard Storm, which is a very, okay. very, very, very good song and video. Nuclear Blast, right? Uh, congrats on this new project. Uh, can you talk about it a little bit? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Storm is the first single now, and uh, I'm also super happy how the video turned out. It's filmed in Canary Island early, early this year, and, and yeah, really, really happy how it how it turned out. And, uh, and uh, next single is coming out end of this month. And basically how this project got started was a year ago. A friend of mine who is running a studio here gave me a call and, uh, and he asked that would I be interested to start to work with my, with my solo stuff or solo, solo project yeah. as all the shows got canceled because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah. And he, yeah, so that, that was pretty much in short, short way how this, how this project got started, so yeah. How did you pick and choose? Uh, for the people that don't know, there's on the album there's uh, different singers on there, and uh, so how did you choose uh, these certain singers out of so many in the world, right? Yeah, it's uh, all the singers here. They they are singers that uh, are my friends. We I've toured with and. Uh, and uh, singers that I personally highly respect and, and I do like. So that, that was like the criteria how I chose the singers. Um, of course, it wasn't that easy task because I know quite many singers <laughs> kind of 
these who are on this album are, are you know, truly, truly the singers that I admire myself. Great singers, for sure. Uh, what made you do this project uh, as Silver Lake? And uh, how do you know these songs weren't made for, for Amorphous? Um, you know, when I started the project, I had I had three songs that became sort of the or created backbone for this whole album, and uh, those songs were so different from what I what I've done with Amorphis that I I never even thought about offering them to any Amorphis session. So um, I think that was one of the things. Of course, I had. A lot of different singers who sing in very different style. That gave me more variety to to vary it with the songs and with the styles of the songs. And uh, and yeah, it's it's um, it was totally different sort of session for me that I would do, for example, for Amorphis. So so in that way, it's uh, I learned quite a lot during this trip. Awesome. So, uh, for the fans that are, that might be worried about Amorphis, uh, is this the end of Amorphis, or is this only a <laughs> <laughs> is this only a side project? Yeah, this is absolutely. This is the this is my project, and uh, actually, we at the moment we are working with the new Amorphis album. Uh, the album is coming out February 22. So, so Zero Lake was my project that I started started um, during COVID 19. It's a, it's a Corona project. Right. So how long have you been writing for for Silver Lake? Is it a couple of years, a couple of months? Uh, the first songs, the ideas for those songs I wrote a couple of years ago. But rest of the music I, I wrote last year while arranging and recording the album. So, uh, so yeah, you know. I didn't have anything else to do last year than, than, than really focus on this Silver Lake album and, and writing music for it. What is it that uh, do you listen to when you're not holding a guitar or what's on your playlist? What's, what's on S's playlist? Um, I'm, I'm pretty boring what comes to, to picking up new music. Uh-huh. And usually when I when I listen listen to music, I call to... I end up with all the classics like... Uh, early Rainbow albums, Deep Purple, um, Slayer, awesome. um, Mastodon. Yep. What else I've played lately? Um, Nick Cave, Tool. That it's really varies on, on which mood I am, but I'm, I'm really bad at picking new artists up. So I usually end up with the with the, with the same old classic album. A little bit different question here. If we can talk uh, Amorphous a little bit. Uh, for the people that don't know the history of Amorphous, uh, what year did this band start and uh, how did it start? Amorphous started uh, in 1990, over 30 years ago. Um, it's so long ago that I think it, I was living another life. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, it, it started like, I guess, with, with any band. We, we got together with a group of friends who shared the same passion for the music and, you know, started to play for fun. At that time, death metal was uh, was, was just coming up and, and we were the first death metal bands here in Finland and doing that kind of stuff. And 
yeah, that's pretty much how it started. You know, the first gigs we played, we played uh, local youth clubs here in, in Finland, and uh, later on we got contacted by Relapse Records and got the opportunity to to record our first album. I think this was 1992. So a lot of things happened during the this 30 years, and, and uh, but. But yeah, that's pretty much in in a nutshell uh, <laughs> our history is like. That's some very cool style you have there. Uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Under the Red Cloud, uh, Death of a King. Very very cool stuff there. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> it's uh, the Under the Red Cloud was the album that, that we started to work with uh, with a producer that we are also now working with, Jens Boker, a Swedish producer. Uh, he's really cool guy and, and and really good with uh, with coming up with uh, with nuances and new new elements and things for for bands so what's your favorite song to play uh, live mm, favorite song uh, I think it's usually something from the latest albums I, I I actually know that you mentioned I really enjoy playing death of the king on live it's a great live track as well awesome uh, a song called Bad Blood. That's that's a great live song. Yes. Wrong direction. Those those songs I really do enjoy playing live. Give us your best gig and your worst gig. Well, I start with the worst gig <laughs> because that I remember really well. That, that was a long time ago. We were just we released uh, Tales from a Thousand Legs album, and it was our first show in Portugal. And the album actually charted in Portugal, and and we played in in Lisbon and another town i can't remember at the moment but anyway we were so wasted in the show that, that it was insane and and uh, our keyboard player you know you couldn't see his eyes you, you could only see the the, the white balls like going crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he was shouting in finnish that he wants to play drums you know i want to play drums i want to play drums <laughs> He was so so wasted. It was it was stupid. <laughs> and uh, later on, we got voted in the local music magazine that Amorphis Tales from a Thousand Legs is the best metal album of the year. And uh, the same page there was uh, the, the worst live show <laughs> of the year was Amorphis. <laughs> oh no way! <laughs> <laughs> so that was officially our worst live show. But yeah. Wow. Old days. Um, best life. I, I don't know. That's uh, we've done now some pretty pretty nice gigs. I think um, Wacken Opener we played in 2018 was was really nice in Germany. And overall, we played the last tour we did with Timo Borg here in, in Europe, um, 2000. Actually, 2020 January. Uh, that was really really good one. We played for for big crowds here in Europe, so I could easily pick up any any from those shows. Really nice ones. What advice can you give a, a new, younger kids uh, starting bands up at this time of age? What advice can you give them as far as that? Um, yeah, I think I think you know one good advice is to to really to play the music you want to play and and enjoy enjoy that and not try to copy too much what other other bands are doing i think um, creating unique style or or or, or uh, your own thing 
mostly comes from from the thing that you truly write for yourself and truly play the music you enjoy yourself. Uh, that's I think the first advice, and uh, I don't know. Then then you know you should have some relationships to local promoters and, and, and just have to be patient and, and try to tease them all the time to get your first shows done. And, and uh, I guess that's that's a good way to start. Um, I wouldn't start by uh, trying to immediately contact with the, with the labels because I know that they are there are hands full with uh, with demos and and, and, and everything. But uh, but going little step further, trying to get shows even though it's hard and, and be be honest for yourself with your music. So that's probably the good advice. And it, it's a good thing if you can play something on. I think that's <laughs> that doesn't do harm. If you know your instruments. So can you speak about uh, your equipment uh, for the musicians uh, asking what kind of equipment uh, do you use on stage or is it different than the studio equipment? Mm, I use uh, ESP guitars. Uh, they are really, really solid guitars for live live use. Um, and, um, and, and on studio, I use pretty much uh, everything that sounds good. I use... Uh, Different strats, Telecaster, Jazzmaster for clean, that's great. Um, Les Pauls, Gibsons, ESPs. It, it really depends on the on the song and the sound world you are you're working with. Uh, I recorded actually quite a lot with Neural DSP plugins for for Silver Lake album. They are super good. Um, that that's basically. What I do if I have to record something from my home studio, I use Neural DSP uh, uh, plugins rather than, than, than trying to to mic a cabinet and use a tube amplifier. But it's a different story than with amorphous sessions. We pretty much use tube amplifiers, uh, diesel, Bochner, Marshall, and... Uh, and miking is a mystery thing, but only our producer Jens knows. He uses tons of different mics, and, and he he's got really really weird and fucked up miking system. So it's, <laughs> I, you know, I, I I try to I try to copy the sound to my Kemper Kemper uh, while I was recording Amorphis Queen of Time album, and uh, I, I had my Kemper with me, and I thought that I can profile this sound there and then it's it's you know handy to use alive but he his miking system is so so weird that it, it, it literally made made the whole profiling uh, idea impossible so uh-huh. so but but yeah that's that's pretty much what what we use during the sessions on live i use campers because they are really good really good and solid for live use um we we use in-ear system so so it really doesn't matter if you have a cabinet or stage or not. Uh, usually the front of sound guy prefers not to have cabinets with you because it's it's better to to do the the mixing when everything is online. So yeah, that's that's pretty much what I what I use. Really? So so live uh, sometimes cabinets are not are not necessary, right? No, 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 no. And. Uh, it's funny because usually the only one who enjoys cabinets are the players themselves. <laughs> you know, 
Yes, it, it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling if you have a nice tube amplifier and you played it loud through cabinet. But the the people at the front row they don't hear anything else but the the, the dudes guitar playing from the cabinet, and it, 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 it's a chaotic. And and for the sound engineer, it's it's horrible to try to mix because usually what what happens is that that the, if if there's two guitar players, they start to they start to com compete with the who you know who's louder and everybody wants to hear themselves and, and yeah it becomes chaotic it, it becomes chaotic and it, it's for the sound engineer it's super hard to mix a band that is that it's too loud i saw uh an interview with uh with uh, the 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 guy that uh, controls uh, james Hetfield's uh equipment backstage and uh and i'm sorry this is not uh, related to to your music it relates to all metal of course but he said that uh the cabinets are not necessary just like you said and headfield only has them up there for whenever he wants to feel that old school vibe around his his body <laughs> yeah yeah that that's that's pretty much the thing usually um if, if you have a huge stage that that is possible and you you can have your cabinet there and it doesn't really doesn't really uh do any any harm for the for the bigger picture or the overall sound, and uh, it is absolutely it, it is a nice feeling when you know that that you can actually feel yeah the pressure of the pressure of your sound. So so uh, absolutely understand that. Uh, it it is for guitar players especially it is a huge compromise. It was for me it was was huge compromise when when we jumped into using in-ears and, and little by little got rid of the, the real tube amplifiers and cabinets but now that i got used to them i, I I'm, i'm absolutely fine with that and I, i actually i wouldn't like to go back to this right. old school tube <laughs> amplifier world right because your sound is always different right yeah i, I play guitar myself in, in local bands you know and uh, it's it's sad to hear this to hear this that uh, uh amplifiers are Are going away. <laughs> it is, but it's you know, it, it, if you're realistic, there is. You know, I, I love tube amplifiers. I I, I, I do. Don't get me wrong. I, I have a, yeah. a couple Bucknerers. I, I love playing through them. But uh, but it is. If you think about the bigger picture, it's it's difficult. You know, if if you do like one of shows, you have to take your gear to aeroplane. It's Yeah. If you have your rental gear, it's 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 always different than your own, and uh, of course using campers and and all these all these uh, uh, processor amplifiers, it, it's not the same, and it, it's it is a compromise. But uh, but I think for the greater good and the bigger picture, it's it's better to use those than than burnt parcels. <laughs> right. <laughs> So what is next for for yourself, Essa, uh, Silver Lake, and Amorphous? Uh, what can fans expect next from you? Uh, Silver Lake album comes out end of May, and at the moment we are working with the next Amorphous album that comes out February 22, and hopefully sometime during next year the world is world is ready for the live shows again. So that's that's I guess what we all are waiting at the moment. Uh, would you like to send a message to your fans listening to this podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks for the interview, and I hope uh, 
the listeners will get into the Silver Lake album. Uh, slightly different from what I've usually done, but uh, I'm super happy with the album. And uh, next year, early 22, it's time for a new Amorphis album as well. So, yeah. Awesome. Uh, thank you for your time, Issa. I appreciate that. And uh, very good job with Silver Lake. I love the song Storm, and we can't wait to hear the rest. Okay. Thank you very much, man. Support, support Essa's project Silver Lake, support Amorphous. For all you Amorphous fanatics out there, you know there's a bunch of you out there just like me. Uh, there's a song by Amorphous that I really, really love, uh, Death of a King. Now that is some crazy, crazy metal, some good metal. If you guys want some death metal, uh, just heavy metal, death metal, uh, check out Amorphous, man. A-M-O-R. P-H-I-S I truly recommend this stuff man and uh, now I recommend Silver Lake check out that uh, new jam uh, by the name of Storm by Silver Lake and we thank uh, Mr. Issa Holopainen for uh, spending, spending some time for spending some time with us here at uh, jrocksmetalzone.com 24-7 rock metal and uh, our guest for that metal interview podcast thank you guys for supporting our podcast and thank you for sharing and liking and this and that so we truly appreciate it don't forget to ring the bell on youtube so that way you guys can have the latest latest uploads from our podcast so thank you guys who support us on spotify pandora iHeartRadio, and so on and so forth and don't forget to keep it metal Interview.